Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's the most toxic love I've ever had because I was chasing her my entire life. It makes me emotional. <laughs> episode of Too Tired to Be Crazy with me on every Thursday. Today I have an amazing, beautiful soul. I'm so LA. Uh, <laughs> beautiful soul. Her name is Demi Burnett. She's a Pisces. She attended Texas State University. You've been. She's been on season 23 of The Bachelor, aka Colton Underwood season. And she's also been on season six of The Bachelor in Paradise. She got engaged on that season um are you are you still close with a lot of the contestants from season 23 of the bachelor yeah i mean there's like a handful like a lot of them i can just like talk to whenever and it feels like no time has gone by you know like hannah b like i'm still friends with her we don't talk all the time but whenever we do it's like you know it's just like an old friend where it's like i still love you just as much and we can talk and talk and talk for hours and then not talk for a few weeks and then do it again. And then there's the other friends like Katie. I talk to her every single day. And I mean, right now I'm with Hannah G and we're in Wisconsin at her fiance Dylan's lake house. Oh, that's so fun. Right. It's so funny. We're having this conversation. Cause like I'm, I drank tequila last night and I woke up and I was like, so hungover. Like tequila is not the move. I feel like after you're 25, it just hits differently. <laughs> and like, I was so nauseous and I had like all these interviews in the morning and I was like doing my best to not throw up while I was doing the interviews. Oh, that's the worst. You said that you've also been drinking, but your cure so far for your hangovers have been to drink more. You see, whenever you're at the like the lake or, you know, this is kind of like a little vacation thing for us. And so we are drinking every day. And so whenever I wake up, I try to like do some health, like eat a good healthy breakfast, drink a bunch of water. And then that's whenever I feel like the hangover starts to set in after I do like all the healthy things. And then I'm like, okay, now it's the middle of the afternoon. I'm, I need to have another drink so I can keep going or else I'm going to be puking and, you know, I'm going to be out. So, so really yeah. what's getting you is doing the healthy stuff. So <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. That's what's so toxic in your life right now. Like that's what you should stop doing. Avocado is toxic. Yeah. It sounds like it is. Um, <laughs> Um, that's cool that you're still close with a lot of the contestants on the show because you can never tell if it's real or fake there. But I mean, I think it's cool that you're still good friends with Hannah Brown. Obviously, I would love to meet her one day. And oh, she's wonderful. Talk to her. And she's so-, so much fun. You would love her. You would. You and her would have some really good conversations, like me and you did. Like uh-huh. you would do that too. Um, um, okay, so I am wondering if you listened to my advice that I gave you before you left. On your vacation, I gave you advice that you should delete your ex's number so you don't accidentally drunk text him when you 
if you were getting too like nostalgic or whatever? Did you listen? I will say I will say that I did not delete his number, but I will say I have not spoken to him and I he's tried to reach out and I've ignored him completely. Oh really? Yeah. What? I have this amazing willpower and I'm like in this environment with like all of my new friends and like old friends and we're all hanging out and like this has like been very healing for me and like made me realize like I don't want to talk to him at all like I I don't want to have that energy in my life because it made me feel so negative all the time and like I feel so positive and I'm around people who are good people and make me feel good and like care about me and it's just been very eye-opening and so yeah I feel so much better. Um, what are some fears that you have about relationships or during dating? Because I feel like for me, with relationships in general, like even friendships, like even with us, like I, in general, like I have this weird anxiety about texting and like I can never, sometimes it looks like I'm ignoring texts because I literally get anxiety texting people because I get scared of like texting them too much or like overwhelming them. And I know it's just in my head, but like, I feel like, I then try to end the conversation like much faster or like in relationships, I feel like I always have a fear of people getting bored with me easily, which one thing my ex told me is like one thing I was never is boring. <laughs> I get, like scared people getting bored with me or sometimes I feel like I can be a little toxic in a way where I'm drawn to chaos and every, if everything's like super calm, I'm like, this doesn't feel normal. And I like start something up and then I regret it. So like, that's my issues. Like, what do you, what would you say some toxic behavior that you have during date, uh, during relationships or like things that you're scared of in relationships? I am very, very jealous. I am insecure about people cheating on me or, you know, seeing the next, cause like, I'm not like, look at me right now. Like I don't, I don't choose to be a hot girl every day. Like I kind of look like, like, I'm kind of bummy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really care. I'm just like, I, I just get worried that I'm not putting enough effort into like me, like looking good for like my partner. So then there's a, like a lot of girls out there who like always look really good. You know, they like get their nails done all the time and they always have like at least a little bit of makeup on or like, they just look hot all the time. And I'm like, what if they want somebody who like works out and like puts in a lot more effort than I do. And what if they find somebody that is hotter than me? Like, I just get really jealous and scared that somebody's going to find someone who I think, like, is better looking than me. But then, like, to combat that, I always tell myself, like, but you know you have a badass personality. And, like, that's what you got to remember. Like, they're not – there's nobody else who is you. And so you have to, like, try to be confident with that. But, yeah, I just get really jealous. Like, whenever I'm in a relationship, if you even give somebody else attention, it's very toxic of me. But I, I get really, like – I'm like, don't even look at them. I'm like, don't, like, I would always tell my ex, I was like, don't give her a hug. <laughs> and that's like psychotic. <laughs> no, I mean, you know how I feel about using that word about ourselves, calling ourselves crazy, psychotic, but like, I know, I, I get what you're saying. Um, you know, so you obviously just got out of a pretty toxic relationship. Um, what about that relationship first made you want to stay? Um, because whenever it was good, it was so good. It was wonderful. It was like, you know, um, my favorite person in the world, like he was my favorite person, you know, and whenever it was good and like, we would have laugh attacks. Like I would just always think about that instead of thinking about, you know, the bad times. I was like the bad times, like I can get over them because we're going to like get along so good. And we're going to have like the best relationship. And he was so hot. Like I loved everything about him physically. And I loved whenever we like were having fun together. Do you feel like you ended up being addicted to the highs and lows, which is really common, by the way, for people? 
Um, yeah, I, I do. I feel like I, I feel like whenever it was low, um, I, I would be so like emotional in the moment and stuff, but then like I would get insecure too, because then I was like, okay, like what if it's, what if this is going too far to where like, he's not going to want to be with me anymore. But then I was like, I, maybe I don't want to be here anymore either. And then I was like, but wait, no, like it's, it, it gets better. Like whenever we're good, we're so good. It's just, it was so complicated. When did you realize your relationship was kind of toxic? Like, did you have a moment that you were like, oh, this doesn't feel healthy? Um, I think I, I didn't feel like I stopped feeling like myself. And I, I started realizing that I was like doing everything for the, for this other person instead of doing things for myself. And then I noticed that I was kind of like shying away a lot of my personality. Cause like, I was like scared to, you know, scare, like, I don't want to scare anyone off, you know, or like make him not like me anymore. So then I just, I kind of started being like a pleaser to him. And then I would do that. And then I was like bottling up everything. So then whenever I did get upset, it was like an explosion. Cause I feel like that is a good point, a good moment when you start to realize that. Because I, I think that a lot of times that happens to me too, where I start to notice me dimming my own light for mm-hmm. someone else to shine or for someone else to feel good about themselves. And then after a while, you're just like, I'm not even myself, like my happy self anymore because I don't want to, like I'm walking on eggshells to make sure the other person feels happy or whatever. You know what I mean? So you should never dim your own light. Like your partner should want to see you shine and like she want to see you happy, you know? Exactly. I mean... Either way, it was like, it shouldn't be this like hard. I shouldn't have to feel like I'm doing something wrong by being bothered by something. No, you shouldn't. I completely agree with you because a real partnership with someone, they're supposed to care about your feelings. If something hurts you or something makes you uncomfortable, they, you guys should communicate and your partner should be understanding and like they should care. You realize like whenever you like try to communicate something that's bothering you and then you like leave the conversation and you're like, I feel like I'm in trouble. Like I'm going to get in trouble if I bring up something that bothers me. Like that's not, that's really messed up. And like being now, like I've been hanging out with like Hannah G and Dylan and seeing their relationship and how wonderful it is and how they like, it's the most, I love, I'm obsessed with their relationship because they're so happy together and they're so cute. And I, that's exactly it. Like there's none of that. Like, you can tell someone's trying to like accommodate to the other person. You know what I mean? It's just like, they're both exactly who they are and they love it about each other. I am working on myself and I feel better already. Oh, you're so cute. (laughs) Do you feel like there's a pattern in the type of people that you date or do you think this is your first toxic relationship? No, I think I, so I get, it's very negative quality, but it's like something I'm, working on um I get very very like bored of people easily because I feel like it's so easy to like win somebody over and they like completely give themselves into me and like I there's no challenge there so whenever I have somebody where it's a little bit of like a challenge and like I'm not completely secure in it that's what I like the most because I'm like I can't I can't have it all the way or like you know what I mean or maybe they will go maybe they will leave whereas if it's like a person who's actually really sweet and awesome and like really likes me I'm like Oh, it's so easy to have you. Like, I don't, I don't know how to fix that in my head. That's why I always said, like, I never think I'm going to, like, ever really, like, be in love because I don't ever like anybody for long enough. So then whenever I do really like someone and they, I feel like I'm kind of chasing them almost. And even if they are, like, liking me back or loving me back, 
but I still feel like at any moment it's like risky and I could lose them or something. Those are the people that I go for. So you are drawn to chaos. So like, then what is your definition of love? I don't, I don't know if I even know. Like, I think that I get really infatuated with people and I think that I love them. And I think I, sometimes I feel like I can fall in love with someone in one day. And then other times it's like, I think about somebody that I had a long time ago and I'm like, well, maybe I loved them then. I don't really know what love is. Okay. So I've been reading about, um, toxic dating and they gave some examples of why people choose to toxic date. So I'm just going to read the examples and then you can tell me if you can relate to any of them. I feel like I've related to them and I feel like sometimes I'm like, oh shit, am I still in toxic relationships? Like I didn't realize this. But anyway, here are some reasons why people choose to, to date toxic people. Um, you like fixing people. You're not actually ready for commitment. You like to see the good in everyone. You've been through a bad breakup. You've been through a lot as a kid and you haven't dealt with the emotional aspect and trauma of it yet. You find toxic people exciting. You have low self-esteem. You love chaos and drama. You're easy to manipulate and you fall for their cover-ups. You attract toxic people, aka this is a fact, um, people that are very empathetic and uh, codependent or people who are fixers tend to draw in and be more susceptible to attracting someone that has toxic qualities like narcissism and things like that. So for example, like I'm very empathetic and I do tend to sometimes draw um, narcissists or like toxic people into my life because they take, they take all my, me wanting to help them and whatever, and you're Pisces. So you draw a lot of people like that too. Yeah. I, I, I like all of those points. Uh, I can relate definitely to like the childhood trauma I haven't dealt with. Um, and then also uh, the empathy because I'm very empathetic and I, I see the good. Like it says, like you see the good in everyone. You choose to see that. I make excuses for everything everyone does. And sometimes it's not even me like trying to make an excuse. It's more of me overanalyzing it and like thinking about it in different ways to where I'm like, okay, well, they didn't really mean that. They just like were having a bad day because this happened to them earlier. So that's why they said something like that. And I understand because I know I've done that before. So I'm going to like, you know, give them, I'll, I'll give them a break and stuff like that. I just make, I make excuses for people and try to analyze their behavior based on, you know, what's been going on and stuff. And then it leads to me not thinking about, well, they're like me realizing they're not doing the same thing for me. So why do I keep doing it for them? I mean, I think it may be kind of hard to, to date and look for love when it seems like you may not know what the definition of like of love is for you yet. Yeah. You don't even know what you're really looking for. I have no idea. I feel like also maybe I'll know whenever I find it. Like I, I do like, I love my ex. Like I still love him and it's really hard. Like I'm getting, I'm falling. Like I'm, I'm not in love anymore, but like, I still love him. And I believe that that was whenever we first were like the first few months of our relationship, whenever like we weren't fighting and stuff. And like, I didn't start seeing a different side of him. Like I was in love with this person and like, it was so natural. And it was like, he even says like, it was love at first sight, like literally And we were crazy about each other and I never felt insecure. I didn't get jealous. Like I was so happy to show this person off and like I felt so comfortable and it was, it was just so different. And that for me was like, I'm looking for that where it's just like natural, 
But then I'm like, I don't know how often that happens. <laughs> the beginnings of dating are usually the, it's the honeymoon phase. The beginnings are always wonderful. And then once issues happen, it means that you're finally, get, you're finally getting to discover one another. And so when you're suddenly seeing things you don't like about the person, it's not like, oh, well, he's just acting weird today. Like, no, that's actually his real personality. He's just finally showing it to you because you're finally getting to see the person for who he is and not like behind these goggled like love, like goggles or whatever, love goggles. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, my big mistake here is that I mistake love for infatuation. <laughs> Do you believe that um, you deserve to be loved? Yeah. So then, yeah. so then why do you think you draw in people that you constantly have to chase after? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's like I like the challenge or I don't know if it's, I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't get it. I really don't get myself and like where I'm at with like love and everything and relationships. Like I'm not good at them and I'm not good at picking good ones, but I know that I have a good heart and I know that I am empathetic and that I can offer the world to somebody. And I just don't know what kind of person that would be. <laughs> what do you think would happen if one day, instead of waiting for the one, you ended up being the one you've been waiting for? Aww. <laughs> really cute. <laughs> I'm so sweet. Um, that would be cool. Like, I, I definitely feel like I'm getting back on the track to loving myself again because, like, I wasn't thinking about myself for so long, and so, like, already, like, I'm, I'm noticing things that, and like, being around. I think it's really impactful, like, the people you surround yourself with, and like, I tend to get really, really like hermit crabby, and I like to just like be in my house by myself and like kind of self pity and pout. But like whenever you're around people who are like, you know, making you feel like good about yourself and like wanting you to be around and like, you know, you start realizing like, okay, people want me to be around people like me. And I know you should have all of that in yourself, but like having a little external validation feels really good. Um, and then you just like, I don't know, I'm starting to love myself again. I'm like, I, I like who I am. Like I'm funny. I'm nice. I take care of people. I, I can understand anyone from where they're coming from. Like, there's just things about myself. That I'm like, okay, I'm not focusing on all the things that I hate about myself. I'm like, I'm jealous. I'm this, like, you know, all these negative things. I'm focusing on all the good things. And so I'm like, okay, Demi, like, I like you. Like, I want to be your friend. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty awesome sometimes. Like most of the time I'm pretty awesome. Good. So then you see, how could you look at yourself and think that you're not beautiful when you just just said all the things you love about yourself? Like, thank you. It's so sweet. You know, there's like these crazy beauty standards. Like, and the, the, we didn't, I didn't sign up for these beauty standards. You know what I mean? Like, they are just forced upon me. And so it's just frustrating because I'm like, I want to be with somebody who only wanted to be with you based on your physical appearance. After a while, you need more than just that attraction. You can't hold on to somebody. If somebody dated you literally just based on your physical appearance, it wouldn't last for that long because eventually he'll get bored. Like you want somebody that loves you for more than just what your physical appearance has to offer. And obviously, clearly, just by talking to you, by getting to know you, just the things that you name that you love about yourself, there's so much more to you. So why would you even want to be with somebody that doesn't see the other things that you have to offer? Yeah, I mean, that's so true. Like, I don't, I don't know. I think I, 
I'm a, like you were saying, like addicted to chaos. And like, I think that toxicity is, I've been surrounded by it my whole life, you know, like growing up with all my problems with my mom and all of her boyfriends and whatever. And like that, I, I guess like, that's just all I know. And so whenever I get that in a relationship now, I guess I just feel comfortable in it or like, it's what I, I don't know. It's not good. Yeah, no, I understand. I feel like for the longest time when I never got the love that I needed from my father growing up emotionally, I was always dating men who were somewhat emotionally unavailable. And sometimes I also was emotionally unavailable without realizing, but it was like, I felt like I had to work to, to be loved. Like that's the only way I think I understood what love was. Like I had to work to get it. Cause that's how I felt like with my father, like I had to work to get it. So that's what my definition of love was versus like, oh, it can just come to you like much easier. Love doesn't have to be with pain or through um, trying to convince somebody to stay. Like love can also be where somebody just naturally wants to stay or where it's just naturally easy. Like easy love didn't make sense to me until I got older and worked on myself. You know what I mean? For sure. And I think I'm still figuring it. I mean, I'm obviously still figuring it out. And I, I think a lot of it too is like not dealing with so many past things that have happened. Like in... Um, I don't know, you're kind of like opening my eyes to my awareness of my self-worth and like how I kind of don't really work on that or like focus on that. And I just kind of am like, eh, I guess I'll just bebop around and figure it out. But it's like, I don't know, I, I want to get to a place where I like know what I have to offer. So then I value myself more and then I like don't tolerate anything less than what I, a standard that I have. So I don't really have standards. <laughs> Uh, honestly, this year I've been dating men who don't have jobs. So don't even get me on standards. I don't know where my went. At this point, I was like, just be nice to me. Like, be nice to me and quarantine with me because I'm so lonely. You don't have a job? That's okay. Just live with me. <laughs> Move in. I'm like, I'll take care of you. Just give me attention. You're not the only one that sometimes forgets to take care of your emotional self because like, you know, I told you, I like listen to a lot of TED Talks and I research a lot about this. And this one TED talk I was listening to made so much sense. It was talking about how we take care of our physical selves so quickly, whether it's like a healthy diet or if we fall, if you fall and you injure your knee and your knee is open and bleeding right away, you take care of it, you know, and then you also make sure not to walk on that leg, at least for like a few weeks until it heals. You don't, you don't do too many sports. You make sure to take care of your knee because it's important. And unfortunately we don't realize that we don't do the same thing with our emotional selves. So like when our hearts break, we just try to get back into regular life or we just do other toxic things without realizing like, oh wait, hold on, like my heart is broken. I need to take care of it the same way I would take care of a broken knee. Like I have to like mend my broken heart. Like I have to fix it. Like I have to heal it. I have to be nice to it. I have to be kind to myself until my heart goes back to being full again. And then I can go out there and, you know, love again or whatever it is. Like, I think that's our biggest problem. We sometimes just don't take care of our emotional self the way we do physically. And instead we're just like, oh, I'm so fucking crazy. Like, ah, it's like, no, I'm just, I'm hurting. Yeah, <clears throat> I totally agree with that. I, it's really interesting because we, like, I don't think anybody really does that. Like, you know, uh, most of us, we just try to like mask it instead of like, you know, and, and especially with emotions, like for me personally, whenever I think about emotions, like the way that I can get through them sometimes. I don't know if this is healthy, but this is what I do. And I, so if I'm really, really uh, sad or I'm really angry or something very intense that I don't like how I'm feeling, 
I'll just tell myself, like, I'll identify it and I'll be like, okay, right now I am sad. But Demi, as a human, she's like, you, I'm not just sad. Like, sad is just a feeling. That's not me. That's not who I am. Who I am is Demi. So I take the sadness and I, I identify it. I process it. I let myself be sad. And then I'm like, okay, now let's take control of these emotions and let's feel a different one. And I'm like, let me, like, what can make me feel happy? And then I go and find something that'll make me happy, like whether it's a TV show or whether it's, you know, going out with some friends or something. And it's really hard sometimes, especially with anger, because I get very angry. I'm not very good at dealing with my anger, but like I'm trying to get better at identifying it, feeling it, letting it go and choosing another one, like choosing a different emotion. Actually, what you're doing is very healthy. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. To figure out what emotions you're going through, let yourself feel them and then force yourself to feel a different emotion so you can keep going. Like that's incredibly healthy, Demi. So you're doing a great job. Thank you. I didn't know I was manipulating myself. <laughs> no, that's, and you're still allowing yourself to feel it. And the fact that you're aware that like anger is not a real emotion and then you understand what's behind it. That's, that's you being incredibly self-aware. So you're already doing the steps that you need to do in order to heal yourself. Thank you. I do take a lot of pride in being self-aware. Um, but I, I think I've had so many people in my life that are so like they gaslight and manipulate so much that I still think I'm the problem. And I'm like, no, like what? Like, am I not that self-aware? Like, am I really actually doing this? Because I'm very understanding. Like if I, if I do anything to upset someone, I'm like, oh my gosh, tell me what I did and let me like fix it. I did not mean to do anything. But then I feel like I still, I just get so gaslit. Like, I feel like I'm so naive or something to where people like can really, really, I'm easily manipulated into thinking it's me. And it's happened my entire life. And I'm like so fucking sick of it. I know it's not me, but then I'm like, well, maybe it is. <laughs> well, speaking of the way you grew up your whole life, um, what kind of relationship do you have with your parents? Are your parents together? No, my parents are not together. My dad and my stepmom, we've got a great relationship. Um, I love them so much. They're the best. Uh, it, like it was rocky growing up, like with my dad and stuff. Like we weren't, uh, I was always like, you know, angry teenager. Like it, whenever I was younger, I mean, he was the best dad I could have ever asked for. He um, raised me and my brother on his own for a while. And then um, whenever I got to like middle school and high school, like he was strict on me. And he didn't want me doing all the things I wanted to do, which was things that were bad for me, like, you know, hanging out and partying and all of that stuff. He wanted me to stay on, a, on the right track. So that altered our relationship because then I was just angry with him all the time because I was like, you won't let me do anything I want to do. 
And also like, I'm scared of you because <laughs> you're like my dad and dads are scary. And so I was mad for a long time. And then I went to college and I got to do whatever I wanted to do. And then I dropped out of college. And then I was like, oh, my dad was just trying to protect me from doing all these things that I just did that caused me to drop out of college. Like he was trying to protect me the entire time. And I just wanted to do things that I didn't realize how bad they were for me. So then I moved back home and then we fixed like, he's my best friend now, um, especially after the show. Like he's my biggest fan. He's so incredible. And my stepmom, same thing. Like she's always like, she was always trying to be like my best friend, like always trying to hang out with me. And I was like, Oh no, parents ill. And then I finally was like, she loves me so much. Like this woman loves me and all she wants is to have a relationship with me. And like, I've been blocking her out and I feel so bad. And I was like, let's be besties then. And like, I love her so much. She's really incredible. She's an incredible human. They both are. And I, I so thankful for them and our relationship. Now <laughs> onto the mother's side, my mother, she, that's the most toxic love I've ever had because I was chasing her my entire life. It makes me emotional. <laughs> Stop. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> I can't handle it. It's so hard. <laughs> like whenever I realize, like whenever I talk about it, cause I block, I block it out so much. So whenever I like address the truth of it all, it's like, it's, it's really fucked up. And, um, she, whenever she would like, whenever I was around her, I felt so much love from her because she was never mean to me. She never said anything I didn't want to hear. You know what I mean? She was just like, you're my baby girl. I love you more than, or I love you with all my heart and soul and like all this stuff. And like, she would like make me all this food and like, you know, pack my suitcases, like do like motherly things, you know, and like clean up after me and all this stuff. And like, you know, growing up with a single dad, like they don't, they're not really wired that way. So like I was like cleaning up after myself and yeah. like doing my own laundry and stuff like that. Like my mom would do all these things. And so you feel so much love from her and like all these nice things. And she makes you feel so good about yourself and how beautiful you are and like everything you want to hear. And then she's gone and then you don't know where she is. And then it's, she chooses everything over you and she makes terrible decisions. And then I see her like choosing some stupid deadbeat guy over me. And I'm like, why? Like, why are you doing like, why, why are you giving like, she would get into these weird moods where she would like, she would be like this on her phone, just like on her phone, like texting some dude. And I was like, mommy, like talk to me or like do something to me. And she was like, oh, not right now, not right now. And I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm talking to whoever. And like, she would just completely focus all of her energy onto some deadbeat dude. And it happened time and time and time again. And like, she would have like raging fits of over some guy and like, just put all of it into there. And I'm like, standing right there and I'm like, mommy I want you and like even whenever like a guy was there like she and this guy was mean to me or like you know she they were always mean to me but like she would just let it happen and I was like why are you letting this person treat me like this like I don't know I remember one time I was like locked in my room for like five hours because I couldn't finish my fucking hamburger and everybody had this burger and I'm like you guys are grown adults eating a burger and you want me like eight years old to eat the same amount as you. Like I I'm trying, I can't finish. It. I'm so full. Like I'm so full. 
And I wasn't, I'm not, a, I was not a bad kid. I was an angel. And I was just like crying because like I couldn't finish it. I wasn't like throwing a huge fit. I was like silently crying. And he like locked me in a room for five hours with a hamburger that I never finished. And I was just like, dude, like mom, why would you let someone do that to me? Like, that's so ridiculous. And like, I'm pretty sure whenever I was a kid, like some of her exes beat me. Like, I can't really remember. Maybe I like blocked it out, but like, I know they beat her. So I'm sure they beat me too. Like, it's just all this negative, negative energy. And I'm like, all I wanted was to spend time with you. That's all I wanted. I wanted to hang out with my mom. And you wanted to just hang out with some dude that like, I only got to see her a few times a year because she moved so far away. And I was like, you get to be with that dude all year long. Like, oh, I, I just want to hang out with you. But like, I never could say any of that. I'll just cry. <laughs> I mean, honestly, everything you're saying, I mean, that must have been really hard, especially for a child. Like, it's not up to a child to be the adult or to understand why a parent isn't showing them the love that they need. I mean, I don't know if you ever feel like anything you did was your fault, like not even finish a hamburger, but you're a child. Like your parents are supposed to be your parents. You're supposed to act like your parents. You're not supposed to act like the adult. So you were supposed to act like a child and you didn't get a chance to be like th that child around your mother. And that sucks. Yeah. And I mean, there was, there's so many like good memories that I have too. Like she uh, like lived on a ranch in California. And so every summer me and my brother would go there. And uh, my brother actually recently like t uh, called me and he's like, I need to apologize to you. And he was like, you, uh, my ex stepdad, his name was Jay. Cause I don't even give a fuck if he hears this. He won't, he's an idiot, but he was, so I, I was a little girl and I was innocent. I, I did not act up. I did not disobey. I did everything I was told to do. So my brother and Jay, they were buddies and they would go on horses for like 50 miles riding around and having a great time. I was stuck at home with a list of chores to do every day. I'm like 10 years old, digging a trench, like hoeing a garden, washing all the dishes, sweeping the floors, doing everything every day. Because this man hated me so much. And I have no idea why. I have no idea why he hated me. But he did. This guy, Jay, like, he knocked my mom's teeth out. It well, was it's to watch your mother get abused by her boyfriends and not leave them or allow those men to be around her kids. Like, what, what, what was your thought process with that? Um, it was just very shocking to me because my dad was such a good guy. And that's why, like, I would never be able to tolerate a physically abusive relationship because I saw – I didn't ever see them, like, hit her or anything, but I knew what was going on. And I just saw, like, how mean they were. And my dad was not like that at all. Like, my dad would never do that. So, like, I just, like, told myself, like, I would never – I would never let myself get to that point where, like, one day whenever I have children – or even like my friends or whoever I care about in my life, like I'm never going to pick somebody who is treating me or someone else wrong over the people I love and care about because I know how it feels like to watch the person who I, a little girl, so in love with my mom, just want my mom. And she's picking all of these stupid ass guys over me and like picking toxic people instead of her innocent daughter. Um, so, you know, I, I went to therapy a few times um, and I just didn't like it because they told me everything I wanted to hear. Like, I felt like the therapist was just telling me what I wanted to hear, like validating that I was like a good person, which maybe that I just am. <laughs> but like, I wanted her to like tell me what I was doing wrong so I could fix it. 
And it was more of like, no, like you have like, she was validating all my feelings, but I, I wanted like her to tell me like, no, I'm thinking something wrong. Like I'm always trying to blame myself, always. Do you understand how as a child, there's nothing you could have done wrong? I mean, you wanting your mother's love was not wrong in any way. Like I feel so sad in my heart to like hear that you went to a therapist and you were upset that she didn't tell you that you did anything wrong as a child as if it was your fault that your mother didn't give you enough love. Like children don't know any better. Like as a child, you've done nothing wrong for wanting to be loved. Like that's normal. You're my therapist. <laughs> Seriously, you make me feel like so. I love talking to you. It makes me feel so good. That's so nice. Thank you. That makes me feel so happy. Yeah, you make me feel understood. I love that. Oh, I can't handle compliments. I feel like <laughs> compliments are awkward. I know. I appreciate that. Thank you for saying that. Well, I know with your mother, obviously, aside from growing up with her and her already making bad decisions like that, she's also it's pretty known that she's had implications with the law and that she was also was sent to prison quite a few times. And I was researching about the dynamic for a child growing up with a parent that's incarcerated. And instead, the research found that having an incarcerated parent can have serious mental, physical, and emotional health impacts on children. Kids are at higher risk for increased antisocial behaviors and psychological problems including depression. Um, it becomes much harder to maintain a relationship with a parent who is far away and behind bars. And it's very difficult for that parent to then take an acting role in caretaking. So what was it like for you then to first constantly want your mother's love when she wasn't giving you that attention because she was choosing other men over you? And then it got to the point where she was literally behind bars. So at this point, she really can't even give you the attention that you needed. Um. Whenever she went to prison the first time, um, my nobody told me. Like, I didn't know she was even there until I was much, much older. I think I was in, like, high school whenever I found out. Like, because there would just be times where I was like, you're not going to see your mom. And I was like, okay, why? Like, and I'd cry myself to sleep and, like, so sad. Like, it's crazy how, like, I feel so guilty for this, how much energy I put into her. And, like, my dad, the one that was there, I I didn't like I was like yeah I'm going to mom's and then whenever I was leaving mom's I was like oh I don't want to go and then I was like I don't want to go back to dad and I was like why would I not want the person who's giving me everything who's supporting me who's raising me and is choosing me every day why do I want this person that doesn't choose me like it's so weird and I feel so bad I'm like I told my dad I was like I'm so sorry I put you like I did that too that must have felt like so bad to know you're doing everything for me and all I want is my mom. Like that's so fucked up. Like, I feel so bad. Um, but he under, he understands. He wasn't upset about it. Um, so I didn't know. It was just like, I, I randomly wouldn't be able to see her and like, it would be years sometimes. And then, yeah. So behind bars, it's depressing. <laughs> it's very, very, very hard. Um, but whenever I was older and like right before I went on the show, she was in prison and that's whenever I like would go visit her. And that was hard because like, you know, like you just, I just wanted to like take her out of there. And like, it was just so sad, like going to a prison and like meeting, like it's so sad and it's scary. And like, you see like other people that are in prison there and like you see their little kids coming in to see them and it's just like traumatizing and then they like 
are yelling and they're like making them all line up and everyone's getting all like it's scary. And I just wanted to take her out. And I just wanted, I was like, I know you don't want to be here. And like, I wish I could help you. Like I can't do anything. And then it was like also the guilt of like, I'm not going and seeing you enough. Like I only went a few times and I was like, I know she needs me. Like, I don't know. And it's like scary because she suffers with a lot of mental illness. And so it was like, is she going to like, I would wonder every day, like thinking like, is my mom going to kill herself today? Like, it's scary. Can I give you a compliment? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's really um, endearing and beautiful to listen how much love you still have for your mother. You have such a big heart and you're so selfless to be able to still have so much love for this woman and to still be able to say that you feel bad for her, even though she put you through so much. I mean, like it's mind blowing to me and you have to have such a big heart to be able to be, to be a person like that. I hope you understand like how loving you are and what a big heart you have. And I hope that one day you can have that same love that you have for your mother and forgiven her for so many things. I hope that one day you can have that same love for yourself because you deserve that. And I hope that one day you're also going to find someone who's never going to give up on you because you deserve that too. Thank you. Oh man, I am a mess. Oh, you're not. <laughs> it's just so so emotional all the time. But I know I I like recognize like I love that you say that because I recognize that sometimes. But I feel like so much like of what occupies my brain is the guilt because I still feel like it's not enough. Like I'm not doing enough, and I feel like she calls me all the time now. Always wants to Facetime me, and I answer like you know once a week. I'll talk to her. And I'm like, she's just trying to mend this relationship. She just like wants to like have me in her life. But I'm like, it's really, really hard to like get over how emotional every conversation is. And like, it's hard for me to like this, not think about every single emotional up and down that I've had with her every time I talk to her, because I think about it, like, I mean, I lived with a broken heart my entire childhood me and my brother both like my poor brother he would have to take care like I would always be crying and he'd have to put on a brave face and then at night I'd hear him crying himself to sleep because we both like we felt the same way about her we both wanted her so much and he like it's a now we like joke about it and we're like we got mommy issues and all this stuff and like he's really really like me and him are both like messed up from it and I'm just glad, though, like, that I have him because he understands everything that we went through. That is nice. That is nice that you have a, your brother and you guys communicate enough so you guys can relate to each other and talk about it. Because I don't think – I think that's why it's so cool to even open about your story with having a mother, aside from having your mommy issues with the way you grew up in a household with your mother that was somewhat um, toxic. The fact that not most people can relate to a story of having a parent – incarcerated and I think I think it's really amazing that you've been able to be open about it because I think a lot of people can now feel like they're not alone by having a public figure that's talking about having a parent like that because I'm sure it feels really lonely when to have to have your parents in prison and none of your friends are going through the same thing and you're just like uh who do I talk to about this you know what I mean yeah so, I have a lot of people reach out to me and like say like you know, my mom's in prison or my dad's in prison or like something like that. And I was like, oh gosh, like I didn't realize this happened to other people. Like I've, I've always like just like dealt with my, and a lot of people too, like mommy issues aren't very typical because most of the time it's daddy issues. Hello. You know? <laughs> and so it's like, 
uh, no one, I, I could never relate to anyone growing up. And like all my friends were like, you're always crying about your mom. And I was like, well, she's not here. Like, what do you mean? Of course I am. And like, I, I felt like I was a nuisance for like my being sad and going through this trauma with a parent. And so if I can like help anybody like feel related to, I, I'm so like grateful that I can do that, but I didn't even realize like that's what I was doing. And now I'm like, I, I don't know all the answers and I don't know what to say. And like, I don't, I don't want to carry the torch for this. Like I don't, I, I'm in over my head. <laughs> what advice would you have to somebody that currently has a parent that's incarcerated? For like, forgive them. And I don't, I, it feels, it's a lot. It's will give them so like, okay. So to the person, it will give your parent so much more then it'll cost you if you go and see them or if you call, answer the calls or whatever. Like you're going to give them so much and they need it so badly and it's going to cost you maybe like 15 minutes and some emotional like distress, but you're going to give them so much more. So why the hell not? Like just call, answer the phone. Yeah. So to forgive them. I, I like that advice. I agree with that. It is hard, but like I, I agree. It is important. I feel like when you also, when you start to get older to, to forgive your parents for not being perfect parents or for not being there for you. And I thought it was really interesting what you said in the beginning, how you always took your father's love for granted, who was so kind to you. Cause I feel the same thing I did with my mother. Like when my, my mother would be so nice to me or she expressed uh, feelings of like sometimes crying and stuff like that. And I'd be like, Oh, she's so weak. Like that's so pathetic. And like all I always yearned for was like the love for my father. Cause I barely saw him throughout the years because his work was traveling a lot, but like, I just wanted that love for my father and my mother was there the whole time. And I just was always ignoring her or thinking she's weak for showing emotions. Cause my dad never showed any emotions. And it was only when I got older that I realized that not showing your emotions or holding them in is actually what makes you weak. Like yeah. I never realized how strong my mother actually was and everything she's been through like to be to go through half of the stuff my mother went through. She's went through a lot. And to still be such a nice, soft, caring person. She's literally one of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. Like my mother doesn't have a bad bone in her body. And she could because she's been through a lot. So like I now see how strong my mother is. And like I only hope that one day I can even be half the woman that my mother is. That's so beautiful. But I think the same thing about you, like you're so strong, like you've been through so much. And the fact that you still have such a big heart and you're still sitting there feeling sorry for your mother or like worrying about her mental health, like you have no idea like how beautiful your heart is. Like, that's amazing. The fact that you can still be so loving and so soft after everything you've been through. Thank you. It's so hard. Like, I don't, I don't know. I think that choosing anger, like that's the other thing I would like advise people like even if your parent isn't incarcerated or just like somebody who has like issues with the parent is it's like being angry is so easy. It's so easy to be angry and just be like, I don't want anything to do with them, but to choose to like forgive them and to choose to love them anyway and just give them love. Like they already have probably a lot of people in their lives that are angry at them. And I don't want to be like, I don't want to contribute to the anger. I'm not going to enable them but I'm going to say, I forgive you and I love you. And I'm going to give you his love. And that is really hard to choose, but you will feel better internally. Like I feel like a better person because I am just like, I forgive you. I feel better about myself. I know it was very hard to get to this point, but it makes me a happier person than if I was angry 
and I would keep reliving the situation and keep reliving like all the reasons why I can validate myself for being angry. And then I'm mistreating a person. Like now I'm mistreating my mom because I'm angry at her. And it's like, I'm just going to choose love and it, it's better for your mental health. I agree. And I love that. But I hope that that also doesn't mean that that's why you keep forgiving toxic people in your life because you're like, well, I'm just going to choose love and blah, blah, blah. Like, that is a good point though, because then I do end up doing that. And that is not okay either. You have to, I, I think like a way that I could look at it that would make it better is like, I know that I'm capable of doing this. And I, I know like I can um, value my self-worth more because I know I'm that kind of person. And if I'm not getting that in return, I'm not wasting my time on you. I will love you. I will forgive you. And it might be from a distance. Good. Because you already have, like you already have somebody like your mother in your life where you have to give so much of yourself to her. And like, you have so much forgiving to do with her that like, there's no, shouldn't be, you shouldn't have any more space in your heart to like, take care of someone else in that type of way if they're toxic. Like, you know, like now it's time to take care of Demi and like to find people who give you all that love that you need back. Cause like you also deserve that love. Exactly. Like I can't, you can't, people will take if you let them, they will take, take, take. And like, I need somebody in my life who has the same self-awareness, like, or, you know, similar self-awareness to where they realize that they're taking because I know when I'm taking and I won't put somebody through that. I will end a relationship if I realize I'm taking more than I'm giving because I'm like, this is not fair to this person. I'm feeling like shit every day about it. And I don't want to give them more because I'm not that into it. Or I'm like, I don't know, being selfish. Like there's a time and a place to be selfish and I can find myself being selfish. And I'm like, this feels guilty and I can't do this. So like, I need somebody who has that same awareness or is like, if they do like want to be with me and they realize I'm they're taking more than they're giving, we'll be like, I need to step it up. I don't know if it's because I'm hungover. So I don't know if like, and I'm on my period, <laughs> but like, so I don't know if I'm being overly emotional, but I just want to say like, I'm so happy we met. Like you seem like such a sweet person and I'm happier in my life. I'm so happy we met too. Like it's, you're incredible to me. Like I love that feeling whenever you meet someone and even though it's like virtually, but you like can feel that, you feel like I said understood and it's so frustrating because I feel misunderstood the majority of the time and I'm like I'm I'm going way over these people's heads you know and so it's like so it's such an amazing experience whenever you meet somebody and you're like no you're on the same plane as me like mental plane and like you get me and I don't know I love it so much and I just want you to know you don't have to have texting anxiety with me you're never bothering me and that's sweet. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, wait, speaking of our friendship and stuff, I sent uh, Demi a care package before she left on her trip. And I basically Ubered her uh, two books about like rela- relationship stuff to like kind of like heal from a breakup. And then I also sent you a little gift in there too, which was... It was a vibrator slash dildo. What do you even call those if it's both? I call it a vibrator, but I guess you're right. It's a dildo, the vibrator. Yeah. Yeah, it was incredible. It was the funniest thing. And I was so happy because I love to masturbate. Yeah. So I love that you love to masturbate because so do I. And it's so funny. Like I actually, like, like when I'm hungover, like when I'm half drunk, like I feel like I have the weirdest dreams, but I had, I was in my dream. I thought I was awake. And then I woke up and I was like, oh, okay. Like, do I have time to masturbate before my interviews today? And I was like, oh, I should masturbate really quick. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And I was going to start masturbating, and then I heard noise in my house, and I see there's like cleaning people in my house, and I was like, hey guys, I think you're in the wrong house. I need to masturbate. Can you leave? And then when they left, and I finally got in bed to masturbate, I woke up and I was like, oh, fuck, that was a dream. And I was like, no, I don't have time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just went into that dream with you. I was like, wait, where are we? <laughs> well, I did end up doing it. But um, I feel like it's so taboo for women. And I think we should, like, be more open about the fact that it's, like, really good for you. And, you know? um, yeah, like, I, I don't know if I've talked about it much publicly. Maybe I have. I don't really know. But I don't care. I talk about it with everybody. I, I think that I probably could set the Guinness Book of World Records in, in the amount of orgasms I could have in an hour. Like, I will sit there, and before I know it, three hours has gone by, and I have had, like, 200 orgasms. Okay, I don't know how many exactly. But I can literally stare at a wall and have an orgasm in, like, three minutes. Without and touching? Oh, with touching yourself. Okay. Yeah, touching myself. <laughs> not not yeah, just, like, just in your mind? That's <laughs> so crazy. It's like, I, I mean, it's insane how many orgasms I have. Like When I, like, take edibles and get really high, I can literally, like, last week, I, I took edibles before I went to sleep, and then I was like, oh, I'll just masturbate. I, like, masturbate for three hours straight, and it was, like, orgasm after orgasm, and then, like, I kept blanking out. I was like, what am I thinking about at this point? And it was, like, for one guy I did, to another guy, then to, like, some, some random stuff about work, and then I'm still, like, orgasming, and I was like, okay, cool. And then it was, like, three hours of me just coming. It's oh my God, that's, I, I do it on a daily basis and it's, I, I, it's to the point now where I'm like doing it too much. Like it's a little unhealthy probably because I'll be there. I mean, I don't want to do anything else. I can literally sit here and like scroll on Twitter and just like be masturbating. And like, I don't even think about anything sexy is the thing. I am purely thinking about the feeling I am having and giving myself. And I'm just like, oh yeah, this feels good. This, and I'll take like my Adderall in the morning and then I will get set in on masturbating and I'm focused on that. And then next thing I know, I, what did I do today? I masturbated for a long time. So we're basically the Samanthas of. Yeah, definitely. I'm the Samantha. Like we're Samantha. That's <laughs> yeah. That's so me to like Sunday is just like, I'm just masturbating, but like, I love that you talk about it and you're so open about it. Um, do you also use vibrators when you're in relationships, like during sex or is it just when you're alone? I've never used one during sex, I don't think. Oh. No, I haven't. I just use it whenever I'm alone. I have like this crazy one that I'm obsessed with because uh, I actually, I talked about it on my podcast at one point, but it's like this, it, it was like $300, so it's not cheap, but it mimics, like it's not a vibrator. It's like the head of it has like a little like hole thing and it like moves up and down and it's supposed to like mimic like being eaten out. 
and it like kind of suctions like your clit a little bit and I'm obsessed with it. I just recently got this other vibrator and it was like I used it one time and even the the skin of the vibrator feels like human skin which is so weird. And then like there's the thing for the clitoris and then the, the, the dildo itself, which I never use dildos when I masturbate, but like this I time. Ask, I was going to ask you that. Cause I don't either. No, I don't. But this time I was like, let me try to see what this is about. And then the dildo itself, like it has this motion where it just goes like in and out. And I was like, this is wild. But like for research, I should test this out. It was the orgasm was so mind blowing. Like, I don't think I've ever experienced one like that. And I was like, I don't think I can ever have sex again. Cause that was the most, like I came from in my hole and from my clitoris, which is, I don't think I've ever came from my hole before. So it was like the first time I ever experienced both orgasms at the same time. And I was just like, I was laying there like in shock. It was the most insane orgasm I've ever had. I haven't used it again. Cause like it was, uh, I'm still I, just actually about it. I'm like, <sighs> I love that. I love like playing with new toys. And uh, yeah, I totally am with you on the not putting things like dildos in me. Like, I don't know. I, whenever I have sex with people, like with guys, I definitely get off from like the whole, you know, I'm from, oh yeah. Oh yes. Here's the, the trick to that for me personally is whenever, so if like my legs are spread open and we're having sex, then like I'll it'll start to like feel really really good and then I will like switch to a position where my legs are closed uh-huh. and and that's when the orgasm happens. That's so interesting. Did you know it's actually more common than not for women to not be able to orgasm from their um hole, the vagina hole. I feel like I'm not saying it's scientifically correct, but you're actually one of the lucky, the smaller percentage that is able to. Well, no, no, no. See, here's the thing. I was having sex for a long time without having any orgasms or just clitoral ones, but you have to, it's because my mind, cause I was like in college, you know, hooking up with a bunch of random people. And so like, I wasn't thinking, I was like, my mind isn't in this. My mind is thinking about, am like, am I performing well or something, you know? Where whenever you get comfortable with somebody and I'm just like, no, I'm thinking about the sex and I'm thinking about how good my genitals feel right now. And that's what I'm focused on and like what is like feeling the best and stuff. And then once you can like get your mind in the right headspace, which is really, really hard for women because we are so self-conscious, like then that's whenever the magic happens. Interesting. I wonder, yeah, I've never been able to experience like orgasm from that area in my body with any guy I've been with. The vibrator was my first time and I'm still (laughs) shook from it. Like I can't believe it. Like that was insane. But that's so interesting that you love to masturbate, but you don't use a vibrator in sex. Like that's, I feel like it's almost to the point that I feel now that I'm ruining sex for myself because I masturbate like a good amount of times. And now I, I do bring in a vibrator during when I'm having sex. I feel like I've trained my body to not be able to orgasm from anything except a vibrator. I totally get what you're saying. Um, I feel like I've done that. Like I, I've, I've totally, I've been there and I think I just, um, so if I'm like having a partner, if I have a partner or whatever, I definitely have to like not masturbate as much because if I do, like, I want that more because it, like, I can control it and I can, like, get it, knock it out, bang it out real quick. So, if I have a partner, I just, like, use it less. So then any stimulation down there feels good. Like, you know what I mean? 
That's smart. Okay, I see what you mean. That that makes more sense. Yeah, because I got worried that I'm like my body got to you because I don't know like if I'm having sex I don't like it doesn't feel good for me if I touch myself or the other person is touching me while we're having sex like it doesn't feel like anything like I need the vibration thing to to come but maybe you're right maybe I need to focus more on my body too. think about like what your vagina is feeling and be like oh okay and yeah also the thing like one night stands most of the time, I'm not going to get off. I'm, I'm here for a good time, and I really just want you to probably hold me and tell me I'm pretty. <laughs> but, like, I've never had a one-night stand. That's so wow. That's wow. <laughs> and I'm literally daddy issues, and I've never had a one-night stand. Because my daddy issues come from, like, needing to be loved. So, like, if I had a one-night stand, I'd be like, so we're together now, right? Please call me. And then I'll be like, oh, yeah, I have a boyfriend now. That's so crazy. Like, this guy, we just fucked. But, like, he's totally my boyfriend. Like, the, when I lost my virginity to the guy I lost it to, he wasn't even my boyfriend yet. And afterwards, I was like, you're my boyfriend now. And he was like, what? And I was like, you have to date. We have to date for at least six months now. I'm like, you took my virginity. And I meant that. And we did. I, I, I like, went through a crazy phase, which um, I guess is not crazy. It's, like, it was a fun phase. but like. I would go and I would have like a win with somebody and I like, I wanted all I wanted from them and I, I didn't want it ever again, but I just wanted one night of like crazy passionate love. And like, I'm a very, very good lover. Like I'm very, I, in the bedroom, game over, you know? Like, I think you said that about yourself too. So I would like, tell me you love me just for tonight. And like, it would make it 10 times hotter. And like, they were, oh my God, so into it. Well, that's so hot. I've never thought of saying that to somebody like, oh, tell me you love me just for tonight. And then they have to say it. And then like it does. You're right. That doesn't because sometimes when I do when I have masturbating in the past, I do think about like that part, somebody saying that to me. And then like that does make it harder for me. That's so interesting. It's like more passionate because like sex, like if it's not passionate, like what are you doing? You're just like raw dogging me and I feel like an animal or something. Like, let's make it like sexy and like, you know, like tell me you love me. And then like, I love you, Demi. I'm like, oh, now I'm getting off. I love that. Wait, I still can't believe the fact that you don't use vibrators in the bedroom. Is there any reason why not? I have never really thought about it until this very conversation. I think that maybe I would subconsciously think that it would be offensive because they would feel like they're not doing enough. Wow, I guess I never put that into perspective. I feel like the first time I sleep with a guy, like literally is about to do it. I'll be like, hold on. And I open my drawer and I take out the vibrator. And they always do say, what? And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I guess maybe it makes more sense if like you sleep together a few times with your partner, then you're like, by the way, love your dick. Also would love a vibrator in there. Not because you didn't do anything. You didn't do anything wrong, but just like, I love like that too. I right. think that, yeah, I think that women in general, we need to um, experiment more with whole stimulation. Yeah, I agree. But like, I feel like in general, we should experiment with what makes us feel good. Like for men, you're like the fact that you had to train yourself, like your brain to figure out how to be in that moment to feel that like, it's true. Like for me to orgasm during sex in general, like I feel like I have to really think about it or be like, okay, my vagina is experienced. Like I have to really think about it for guys. It's like, it's just, you know, a few pumps, so much easier. So like, I don't know what the right answer is for me. Like I love vibrators during sex, but you're right. It could be intimidating for guys, but that's what you kind of need. Like a confident lover that wants you to experience, experience as many orgasms as possible. Cause it is so fucking hot to watch your partner come. 
like more than once. Like that's hot. It's so hot. Like I love, like, that's why I love giving head. So when I'm dating someone, cause like just to watch them getting off or being so turned on by me, like on my knees, giving them head. Like, I love that. You love giving head. I love giving head. Um, I don't, but I'm learning to like with my ex and stuff. Like I, that's, that's something I've always been like, I told, did I tell you the, am I doing it right story? Like the first time I gave head. Oh yes. The high school thing. When you were in high school, the first time you gave head. Yeah. So it's made me very self-conscious about it now. By the way, anybody listening, if you are getting, if a girl's giving you head for the first time, do not criticize her or a guy, whoever. Don't criticize them. Help them. Tell them what to do. (laughs) Including if if a guy's going down a girl, like you just can't expect, like, I feel like I'm really bad at it where I just give up and I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. Versus being like, hey, like, let me actually teach you what I like or stuff like that, you know? Exactly. Give give some guidance because, like, it's not cool to shame people, like, or go around saying, oh, yeah, that was, like, this guy sucked at eating me out. It's like, well, help him. Tell him how to do it. Like, don't go around saying that. Like, geez. I feel like Um, in general we give too many passes to guys with, like, not eating a sour. Like, oh, don't worry about it. Or, like, I just want to please you. Or, like oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. So it's like, it's fine. I'll figure it out. It's like, no, actually, you know what? Get down there and figure it out. I know. I'm always like, okay, like the other day or a few weeks. Well, okay. Maybe it wasn't a few weeks. So like a week ago, whenever I like hooked up with this dude, I was like, I'll only hook up with you if you eat my pussy. Cause he was talking about how he doesn't eat girls out. And I was like, I'm only fucking you if you eat me out. <laughs> I literally, I love being eaten out so much. It's my favorite thing. That makes you so confident. I get like, I've talked about it before. I get so weird about a guy eating me out. Like it's like so personal to me, but I wish I was more like, I need to get more comfortable with myself where the guy's just down there and I don't get freaked out that his head is just like down there. And like, I need to just like allow him to like do his thing. Literally let him do his thing. I love it so much. I'm like rubbing his head in there. I'm like, yes, it's <gasps> the best. I'm like, I want my vagina all over your face. I love it. And I don't, I don't know like how I got there because I'm pretty sure like before, like the first time that it happened to me, I was like, what's going on? (laughs) And I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. This is very, I'm very vulnerable right now. But like, I love, I love the way it feels if they can do it right. But it's always the girls who do it the best. Girls do it the best. Well, because girls have vaginas, so they know what they're doing. There's nothing like the first lick. I love it. Oh my um, god! I don't remember the last time I that like I got even got eaten out because I'm so like oh it's fine like I'll just use my vibrator. <laughs> oh, I miss getting eaten out. It's been a week and I'm like I need more. <laughs> it's been like months for me. Like I don't remember. Um, uh, but you must have that perfect vagina then. Like you, you're like it's just like did you grow up hating your vagina or are you normal? And uh, clearly, you did not grow up like. You just probably just, I definitely feel weird about it. Like as an adult, like it's a thing, like all guys like compare their dicks. Like I always compare my vagina to everyone. Me too. Me and my friends, we literally hang out and we all take, we'll like that, like a week ago, I was with like four of my girlfriends. We all took our pants down and compared our vaginas in front of the mirror. And then like my friend, Jessica took it to the next level though. And she was just like, um, no, okay, but like bend over. I don't want to see what your vagina looks like from the back. And I was like, Jess, it's so extreme. And she was like, just do it. Like, I want to see what it looks like. I was like, fine. So then I had to bend over and spread open my butt cheeks. So then she can see what my vagina, and she put her face so close to it too, just to see what that looks like from the back to see if it like the lips hang or whatever. But cause I get weird about my vagina, but like, apparently I have a nice one. 
But in general, regardless of what your vagina looks like, it's a nice one. And a guy or a guy or a girl are just happy to be invited to the party. Trust me, they don't care what it looks like. But it sucks that regardless, like I get so weirded out about it. I don't know. I'm still working on loving my vagina. I'm really weird about it too, though. Like, uh, like growing up, I didn't really think anything of it. And then the one time I started thinking about it was when I was the first girl I was ever with. And she was like, your vagina is perfect and all this stuff. And I was like, wait, what? There's a standard. And then I started questioning it. And then I got really insecure about it. And I was like, maybe like, I don't really know how, if I like how it looks like it could be better. Like, I feel like I, it could be like, um, like, you know, whenever you're a kid and it's like all closed in and everything. And then now like I have like a little bit that sticks out, but it's like not my lips. It's like a little bit of my like top of my, like my clitoral hood, I guess you would say. <laughs> and it's, it like sticks out a little bit and I'm like, should it all be tucked in again? Is that the ideal situation we're dealing with? Like, but like whenever from the back, like I love how it looks. Like, I, I mean, I, I like that. That looks really good. And whenever my legs are open, I think it looks great. But I'm like, whenever I'm like standing normally, I'm like, I'm not sure how I feel about that. That's so funny. So like when I'm standing normally, it looks fine to me because it's like, it feels pretty tucked in or like if it's not fully tucked in, I just tuck it in. You just pretend like, oh yeah, like it's just like always like that. But then like, I feel like I get self-conscious when it's like fully open, like it's like a butterfly and I'm just like, is this normal? But like, I know it's normal and I'm so embarrassed to admit that like I still dislike it, but I know I'm not the only one. So I'm sure it makes other girls feel better. But like one time I was trying to describe my vagina to a guy and I don't know why, but I was like, okay, so basically the way my vagina is, is that she's so excited to go to this party and she shows up, she's like getting ready. She looks really cute. And then she gets, she shows up to this party by herself. And then she peeks her head a little bit through the door, just like barely, like a little bit, just peeking her head to see what's going on. And that's basically my vagina. <laughs> that's my do. <laughs> and I'm just like, um, I don't know how I feel about it, but I'm like, but I know that you're good. And it's like, I, the inside of it is immaculate. Everyone like always like, my vagina is always so tight and perfect. And I'm like, little do you know, I am clenching it. <laughs> How did you manage to get over not loving your vagina? Or is it just like, you just decided one day, like, whatever, I love it. And then you, like, that's why you're so comfortable with guys just like going down on you. Like, when did you were like, fuck it? My because I, like, I realized that whenever they're in the position, like going down on me, like they're looking at it at a great angle. And it's like, it looks good. But also, I think it's more like, the biggest part of it was I don't give a fuck because I'm sure you have some issue with your genitals that you don't like or like, you know, something or, you know, I'm just like, this is my body and I want it to feel good. So I'm going to, you're going to make it feel good for me. And I don't really care what you have to say about it because if you're judging my vagina, you're judging something that I literally cannot change unless I get surgery and I'm not doing that. No, I agree. Like I, like a while back, I was dating this guy who had like, the smallest dick you've ever seen like so tiny and he told me that he doesn't like going down on girls like it kind of grosses him out and it's like he had the tiniest dick that I was still sucking and now like I look back and I'm like are you kidding me like I sucked that tiny little pencil dick and he <laughs> didn't like go down on me I had a guy who told me that he didn't go down on girls unless they were special. And so then we like, we're hooking up for a while. And then he finally decided to go down on me. I was like, Oh my God, I'm special. Yes, it's happening. And then it was the worst eat out I've ever had. And I was like, you don't eat girls out because you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Or maybe he pretended to for it to be bad. So then you never ask him again. Oh my God. I didn't even think of that possibility. <laughs> 
Um, this was good. This was a really, I really enjoyed this full on episode. This was really great. Me too. I probably overshared a lot, but <laughs> like normalize talking about it, like normalize talking about like your trauma so you can get through them more instead of bottling them all up inside. Like talk, just talking to you about it, like is a healing step for me, you know? Oh, that makes me so happy. That makes me feel good. Like, cause whenever you give someone else advice, you're secretly giving it to yourself as well. Exactly. Like you, you're talking to yourself at the same time. I completely yeah. agree with that. It feels better just like get it out. Like, you know, say it out loud to somebody. Yeah. Like when I'm sitting there telling you, you deserve to be loved and why are you allowing toxic people into your life? I'm obviously talking to myself too, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Absolutely. I know. Every time I give advice, I'm talking to myself. And it's so funny because like, I recently like met um, a couple who's like kind of experiencing like what I just experienced in my last relationship, but I'm like giving all this advice and I'm like, I'm literally talking to myself. <laughs> well, that's good. You're healing while you're doing that. And I feel like from last week when we talked to now, it's already like a new Demi and you're just like getting yeah. better and better. Yeah. You're so strong. Um, okay. So like, where can people find you? You could follow me on Instagram at... <laughs> at Demi underscore not underscore Lovato. You can tune into my podcast, Big Demi Energy, available on Spotify, Apple Music, Podcast One, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Every Wednesday, right? Every Wednesday. And it's really fun. Um, Twitter is at Demi Burnett. Uh, yeah, just check my shit out. <laughs> yeah, check it out. And if you have any thoughts about anything we talked about, or you want to reach out to Demi about your experience, if you're going through right now with a similar situation with a parent that's currently incarcerated, or with a parent that from an abusive household, feel free to reach out to Demi. And also, actually, I'm going to do some research, and I'm going to leave some links in the description that have to do with some um, hotlines for people in a similar situation. So you can have someone to talk to because I think that's really important. So you just know that you're not alone. Yeah, I love that. Definitely reach out and don't be afraid to ask for help and don't feel like a burden if you need help from any of your friends or yeah. anyone. You're, don't ever feel like you're a burden because you're not. That makes me sad when anyone thinks like that, but you know, we've all been there. Anyway, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. I really enjoyed having you. I hope you have an amazing rest of your vacation. Um, keep drinking. <laughs> I love talking to you every time. Like I could do this with you every week or every day, honestly. It's like my therapy session. Oh, well, I'm happy I can help. Don't forget to leave me a five-star review with how much you enjoy my podcast. I read all the reviews and love you guys so much. For, so thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Too Tired to Be Crazy with me, Viola Benson. And I'll see you guys next week. I love you. Mwah. Bye, guys. Bye.